Welcome to the Free Oakley Podcast. This is your host, Billy Johnson. Yeah. All right. So it's Tuesday night, May 10th, and I needed an emergency podcast. Big news out of Belmont this week, and I'm not talking about the horses. We will get to that next week with JY and the Preakness. But Ryan Murphy joins us on an emergency free Oakley pod to talk Islanders and the firing of Barry Trotz. Ryan Murphy, welcome back to free Oakley, my friend. Thanks for having me, Bill. Quite the development this week. Um, I don't know, somewhat speechless, somewhat familiar territory where you know, as Islander fans, we've spent many off seasons dangling in space, not knowing what the hell was going on. So this is this is completely inexplicable. This is out of left field. This was not expected by by any stretch. Right. I mean, we're going to get to some of our thoughts on why this happened, but I, I think it's pretty inexplicable. Um, let, let, let me set the table a little bit here. Right. Uh, let's talk about, so Islanders fire Barry Trotz yesterday, right on Monday. Let's look at Barry's last five years as a head coach in the NHL. Meanwhile, this guy's been coaching for almost 20 years. He's third all time in wins his last five years, 2018 wins a Stanley cup with the Washington capitals. Isles are lucky enough to get him when he doesn't resign with Washington. And in 2019, his first year as coach of the Islanders, Islanders have a first-round sweep of a big rival, Pittsburgh Penguins. Trotz wins the Jack Adams Trophy for Coach of the Year. This is after a year Islanders were thought to be left for dead after Tavares left and signed with the the Toronto Maple Leafs. Tavares was the captain of the team, face of the franchise. He leaves. We bring in Lou and Trotz. Hey, we make it to the playoffs, first-round sweep of the Penguins, the vaunted Pittsburgh Penguins. It's great. doesn't end there. 2020. Conference finals, lose in six to the Stanley Cup winner, Tampa Bay Lightning. 2021, losing the conference finals again, this time in game seven to the Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. This past season, 2022, first bump in the road at all for the Barry Trotz era on Long Island. They missed the playoffs and they finish ninth in the East. Top eight, make it. They're the first team out. They don't make it. Barry is gone. This is completely out of left field, in my opinion. Were, were you expecting this at all? No. I mean, I don't think anybody was. I, I think it was staple I was listening to on any uh, show radio, and he did say there were some sort of whispers or something that there was some sort of discontent, um, but certainly nothing that hit, like, as far as I know, like any mainstream media or anything being talked about among fans um it was kind of just out of left field i know so let's go i mean why you there's only a handful of reasons right why why a coach would get fired and um we could talk about this for a little bit just just because i think if we walk through this maybe this will help us get to a place where we can figure out what the what the hell's happening here right you think about all right, well, why would a coach get fired, right? And, and we're New York sports fans. We, this, hap- this is part of life in, in sports, especially in New York, right? With all the teams, 
you know, the, uh, the turnover is huge here. So you think about why do coaches get fired contract dispute. That is not the case here from everything we understand. He was in the, uh, he had one more year, one more year left of his contract with the Islanders. That was 4 million on the table. Um, so it didn't really seem like there was any reason why, uh, we haven't heard anything. Lou actually came out and said contract wasn't an issue. Um, contract disputes we've seen in New York before. Pat Riley is a good example of this. You know, he couldn't get it, get it together with uh, Nick's brass. He wanted a piece of ownership. Riley, hugely established, successful coach. He winds up leaving for Miami. Trotz, this happened in, with him in Washington, right? He was kind of, you know, he had one more year, I guess, under market with the Caps. He wanted to, to renegotiate. They didn't want to pay him, so he left. He was under contract for four bucks, pretty nice chunk of change for, for a guy of his status. That didn't seem to be the case. Another example would be performance. You know, hundreds of examples of coaches getting fired for performance here in New York. I don't even have enough time on this podcast to go through all the Jets, Mets, <laughs> Knicks coaches that could fall into this category. That's obviously not the case. We just ran through how successful the Islanders have just been for the last, you know, three years outside of this, this little hiccup. Next one, you know, getting thrown under the bus by a star player. We, we've seen this happen with Mike D'Antoni, Carmelo ran him out of town. We've seen this with, uh, if you look at the Nets, Kenny Atkinson was thought to be a pretty, pretty, pretty well-respected coach. He got chucked to the side with, you know, because of Durant and Kyrie didn't want to move forward with him. You look at the Islanders though, no real stars, right? I, it's not like, you know, it's not like the Islanders have a Connor McDavid who, you know, you have to, you know, you have to ride or die with like the Islanders are a bunch of grinders for the most part. And they've got some pieces, but they play the ultimate team game. And it's not like, I can't see anybody here getting in ownership here or lose here being like, we got to get rid of this guy. What do you think about that one? Well, I think that, you know, maybe not no star player, like you, you said, like, you know, we don't have McDavid or anybody like that, but if Lou had certain things in his mind, um, about how the team is performing. And some of that may have been reiterated to him, not necessarily by anyone thinking they were going to get trots fired. Uh, maybe it just confirmed what he had been thinking. Um, like you said, the grind, um, the way they play is a grind. Um, they, you know, and, and their success, the two deep years, the two deep runs were in short seasons. And in 1920, they were on their way out of the playoffs. They were playing out. They were playing terribly and everything got shut down and they were in a playoff position. So they got in the play in tournament and they went on a run in the playoffs. But if you were, if you remember, it seemed to me that they were going to miss the playoffs that year. And then the next year was a short season. So that may go towards, you know, Barry style, the short season. And maybe, you know, this year was finally an 82 game year, albeit, very disjointed, but again, it was backloaded. And when they needed to make a run, their games were jammed up. And in Barry's style, you need days off. So maybe that kind of reaffirmed what Lou had been thinking anyway, that this style for this team was taking, I don't know, too much of a toll. Um, and as far as like not being let go because of success, Lou has a history of firing coaches. I think he fl fired um, Claude Julian um, with the Devils when they were in first place and there were three games left. 
and then he coached the team into the playoffs. So clearly success and and Lou with coaches is not, you know, be all end all. If he sees something he doesn't like, he's gonna he's gonna do something about it. Yeah. I mean, it's a good point. Lou, if you look at the history, he did this a lot with New Jersey. He had a long stint there, right? Devils won won three Stanley Cups under Lou's watch. And I think they had I think three different coaches for all that. Like, I, you know, yeah, I, think, I think so. Cause they had Larry Robinson at one point, Robbie Fatorik. Uh, Lou inserted himself in, as head coach of the Devils two separate times. Yeah. Um, so he does have an itchy trigger finger. Uh, no doubt about that. It's just odd to me. It's it, it, not even odd. I, I, this doesn't make any sense. Like, it, like, yes. Okay. So 2020, you're right they wouldn't have not have made the playoffs actually, if they didn't make the exception and expand the field for a play-in uh, like they did with the NBA. Uh, but they, you know, they wanted to run there. 2021 was kind of a wonky season, but, but I mean, you're talking about like a franchise that has not had a lot of success in the last 30 years. So that's, I, I can't. How do you just discount like going to the conference finals back to back seasons? It took the Islanders twenty one seasons to win a playoff series. You know they won in ninety three, didn't win a playoff series until two thousand sixteen, missed the playoffs two years after that, and then and then you know had had two significant runs where Trotz won multiple playoff series in consecutive seasons. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's tough. Like you know, you can't get into. I'm not going to get into Lou's head and, you know, everything that he said at his press conference, like, you know, contract had nothing to do with it. Like who knows if any of that is true. Um, but I, you know, I don't know, maybe he saw something, you know, they have shown flashes where they can score and Barry clearly wasn't playing them in a style to score a lot of goals. And maybe he sees something in this year's playoffs, like, you know, we're a week into the playoffs and they're calling a lot of penalties. And the Islanders are a team that really needed to get away with some things in the playoffs physically uh, to succeed. So maybe he saw that. And that just, you know, maybe he, he sees that Barry has taught them a certain way to play. And now they need a little, quote unquote, different voice. But they still have that mentality in their back pocket. So maybe you bring something in that's, you know, a little bit different maybe a little more aggressive offensively, but you still can point to that defensive grind style when you need to win a playoff game. But it is like, it's alarming watching these playoffs, some of the calls that they're making. The Islanders would have been in the penalty box the last two seasons. They would have been in the box a lot if they were calling it like this. With Mayfield almost like ruptured uh, Kucherov's kidney and didn't even get called for two minutes. Um I don't know. Maybe that's part of it. I, I really, I'm really just trying like not to spiral into despair um, and think that this whole thing is over because we have had some, some success, which has not happened, as you mentioned, in our lives much at all. So I'm just trying to hang on by a thread emotionally and hope Lou's still making the right decisions and he hasn't completely lost it. Well, let's think about that for a second because Barry not maximizing the, the, the talent on the roster, which I think is like the complete opposite. Like it's almost like Bar- like Barry's coaching like presence, his style, his system has 
totally maximized. Like the fact that they got to the playoffs, one series got to the conference finals. They were winning fun games too. You know, like they were a fun team. Like you had overtime winners over the last couple of years, Eberly against the lightning, Bavillier against the lightning the year after Bailey with a couple overtime games, Casey against Boston. Like it was a fun team. You know, it was like, he was getting the most out of these guys and they were playing well when, when it mattered. So for Lou to all of a sudden throw that out the window, I mean, to me, he's like really trying to thread the needle here. Like you want somebody that's going to give you maybe a little bit more punch on offense, but then maintain your defensive integrity that's gotten you so far. And, but you know, at the same time, you've got a guy that's third all times in wins in the NHL. And he's got some serious hardware. He's got a cup within the last five years. Like, I don't know who, who's Lou getting, like who, who is fi- filling this role. That's all of a sudden going to take them to the next level. Cause to me, it's, it just seems like they they've overachieved. And so much of that was, was Barry and, and just the, the, the identity that Barry brought to this team. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, I hope that people say Lambert, I don't know. I don't see that happening. You know, how much of a new voice is Barry's longtime assistant? Right. And as far as like a big name, like Babcock or uh, what's the guy in Winnipeg, Maurice. I don't know. Like those guys, like Babcock hasn't coached in how many years. And is he going to come back to a team that for, in reality may only have a one year window? you know so right that's how, like if, if you're gonna run it if you're gonna run it back and they made no trades at the deadline they re-upped on cal right they made no trades at the yeah. de- deadline no trades at the deadline meaning 100 percent, like you said they're gonna run it back with this team with maybe a, a tweak or two no, no major overhaul you're going into the season this upcoming season with the same exact crew you're running it back with them how are you not running it back with barry yeah, I don't, I don't know. I maybe there will be more than just a little bit of tweaks with what they have in cap space. I mean, maybe you can pull a trade uh, or two. Um, I mean, this talks of Bailey being on the market if you get somebody to take his. Oh my god! <laughs> but I, you know, yeah, it was like Ion Isles. I think that had an article about Ottawa. Like had a press conference saying they're looking for a vet depth forward. And they immediately, like, their ears perked up, like, well, we got one. Um, but, you know, I don't know, you know, if they can make a deal, they need to add on the back end, the defense. Uh, hopefully, Char is not coming back. God bless him. Um, green, maybe. But the defense was bad in the beginning of the year, and that was the biggest problem. Um, and scoring, you know, the, the forever want for a winger with Barzell and Wallstrom kind of, that's another thing. Wallstrom kind of took a step back this year and maybe Lou saw that maybe Lou expected more. Um, maybe Lou expected him to be coached up a little more and it didn't happen. That is one of the weird things I would say, if you were nitpicking Barry would be, it seemed like all the young guys were always in the doghouse. Right. Like throughout the season, it was either a rotating doghouse of Barzell, Bavillier, and Wallstrom. And I can't, maybe did Mayfield make his way in there, you know, once or twice? Like, and you talk, you think about Wally 
AB and Barzell, those guys were supposed to be the offensive lift of this team going into this year. Those guys are the offense primarily, or at least the, the major skill players. Uh, and those guys were always, you know, in the doghouse. And there, to me, I don't know if that, you know, that to me was, was that Barry's coaching style? Was that his way of coaching? These guys are pretty young guys too, by, by all, like all these guys are under 25, right? All, all three of those guys, maybe even younger. Um, those guys are all, all, all super young, like, but, but I guess, yeah, I mean, if, if you're nitpicking Barry and maybe from Lou's seat, he sees something like, Hey, these, these are the guys that were supposed to take us to the next level. These guys didn't step it up. I, I put that on Barry cause they're young kids. I'm not putting it on, on these guys for taking ownership of them, not performing this season. Yeah. But you know, on the other side of that too, like it was tough to deal with, not to blame COVID once again, but they never were able to seem to get into a, a groove with the, the line combinations until like really like the third quarter of the season. Um, so maybe that's part of it. Like why Wallstrom couldn't have as good of a year. He was bouncing back between a few different lines. Uh, so many guys missed time. Um, but I, I don't know. I, Lou, I think, has always taken the same approach to young guys as Barry. At least that's my understanding. Like, bring them along slowly. Tough love, you know. And that seems to be what happened again this year. It sucks that you have to still do that with uh, Barzell. Uh, yeah. All of them, because he has the most experience. Um, but you definitely notice times where, like, Bellows and Wallstrom – they get over demonstrative and over emotional on the ice, um, like overreacting to calls and stuff like that. And, and Barry always seemed to take exception to that, but those are things that I would think Lou probably had a problem with too. I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I really, mean, it's I mean, a mystery. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you, you're right. Cause it, we talked about this on our pod, right? We did aisles files in, in January you know, kind of in the middle of the season when they were in the middle of that rough start and they were very far back in the standings um, because of the start. And we, and we talked about the circumstances that that put the aisles in a hole. They opened the first, was it 13 games on the road this season because the stadium yeah. wasn't ready. And when they did come back, they had an unlucky bout with COVID, but instead of lobbying to the league to have games rescheduled, they wanted to, you know, keep the target of the arena opening. So they kind of forced those games. So they played a lot of those games with like a minor league roster, you know, you wound up 16 points out of the playoffs. So, you know, those games definitely mattered. I don't know. This was enough of a season that was, was kind of quirky in its own right where, I mean, put the, put the building not being ready on ownership, right. You put, you know, put some of the COVID stuff, you know, and not get him games rescheduled. That's on Lou for, for not going to the league and saying we can't play with, with this roster. There was enough, enough things got fucked up where they were, they could have all been like, we all should take responsibility for this year. We all took a step back ownership down to, to Barry and we, we've lose committed to running it back with this roster. Barry should be part of the running back with everybody else. I don't get it. Yeah, I, well, as far as the building not opening on time being ownership's fault, actually, you could blame that one on COVID too, because the site shut down for three months. Yeah. Um, so had that not happened, they 
that's once again blaming COVID for every one of our problems. But um, I, I just like I'm still trying to like wrap my head around it. I don't. Um, Can we blame to, Cuomo? To, you know, Can we blame Andrew Cuomo for this? I'll blame him for sure. <laughs> um, anything. Um, to, you know what? Another crazy fact about this season, though, they finished one regular season win with one regular season win. Uh, regulation win, sorry, less than the Capitals. Yeah. It's just that they sucked in overtime and in the shootout. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. They finished 16 points behind them, but had one less win in regulation. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> Do we blame Barry for overtime and shootout? Because they were really terrible. I mean, overtime is kind of luck, but the shootout was just bad. I think they had like, they had like, three goals in the season out of like 21 or something crazy three out of 30 yeah. i don't know i mean I, i've watched so many bad coaches come through this town that have wasted years of my life have been absolutely pathetic <laughs> and this was not their not lives your life my life they got paid for it <laughs> i didn't get paid for it <laughs> this was this was not that like the other thing I had in my categories of reasons coaches get fired were, you know, fan base calling for the coach's head where the fan base has just had enough. Um, I'm on this on record on this pod saying that I booed Fitzdale, David Fitzdale, coach of the Knicks. Adam Gase was part of my ire in, I think, the first free Oakley. Um, so, I mean, we've had those guys too that just wear out their welcome and the fans are just like so, you know, can see right through them. And Barry was beloved by, by, by any stretch. Like they're right? gonna, they're gonna throw roses at him when he comes back. I mean, they'll like <laughs> whatever whoever he ends up with, they might be the home team that night. Oh yeah, that's the other thing on this right is that, uh, and I, and I was doing my own scanning of like trying to find news, and nobody's really talked about why uh, Vaccaro in the post alluded to your point earlier about, Hey, this is just Lou. This is what Lou's done in the past. And should you be surprised? We'll look at Lou's track record, right? He did this with the devils. Um, but, but, but Barry's going to be, is out there for any team to come in. And if you want to add stability and you want to add a guy with a, with a resume and, and some, some hardware, you know, Barry Trotz could fit into a lot of different teams in, in this league. It's really wherever he wants to go probably at this point. Um, uh, yeah. He's number one for teams that, need a coach and teams that don't know yet that they want a new coach. I mean, I heard speculation that if Toronto loses in the first round, maybe they'll just, maybe they'll make a run at him. Yeah, man. I, so the, the only thing, so, so if we, we think about reasons why coaches get fired, the only thing we've kind of landed on, um, you know, fallout with management, with ownership, I, I don't see Ledecky making this call. Clearly, it's Lou. Lou somehow got Ledecky to sign off on this. I, I don't know how how that happened. Um, this is this comes down to 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 Lamorello. Lou just sees something here that doesn't sit right with him, and he's saying the buck ends with me. And I've got a small window to to do what I, I've been. He invested in the – I mean, he invested in Barry, but he invested in the players. This is his roster. These are his guys. He's invested – I guess he just sees, hey, I've got a small window here. 
this doesn't this doesn't feel right but i i don't get that you know that that's to me that that's not a reason that's not the problem here and and the and the thing i've mentioned to you before is also lou turns 80 years old 80 years young in october you know like 80s he's not a spring chicken like 80 is 80 yet you know you're up there like are we in territory where you know we need to kind of reassess like Lou got all his capacities here this is a wild move yeah I didn't know when you said small window I didn't know if you were talking about (laughs) with the team's chances of winning or with him physically um but I mean yeah that has to have been addressed you know, like with ownership, like, dude, like how long are you, you going to do this? Um, and clearly, and I think the Islanders owners, I think they're smart, you know, they must, I don't know, maybe they give them some evaluations every once in a while um, uh, just to make sure his cognitive skills are there, but they, it has to have been discussed and they must still trust them. Um, maybe there's a, a succession in place with his son or something like that. We've got Bridge Bridgeport to the playoffs, by the way. They're playing tonight. Well, there um, you go. <laughs> yeah, we got something. I don't know, man. I don't I don't know where we go um, from here. I don't know where yeah I, there there was enough to see the season where I, where it didn't look good and, and you looked at some of the pieces that they added the the Parisis and the Charas and they got older not younger and you know they 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 just hit the wall I guess I gotta I have to stay with it I mean where we go from here is the playoffs next year I'm sticking to it I got I gotta stay positive on this otherwise I'm just gonna lose it you know what it is, man. It's it, it's there's there's playoffs and there's hey, we got a really chance to get a chip here, and you know you know my affiliations and I have not come close to that very many times. This Islander t- team felt like, you know, they were so playoff. They played so well in the playoffs. They were playoff made. They had they had really wild they played it close wild games overtime winners they played it close they always found a way to win felt like this was a team that was was really right there and they a lot of a lot of people had them winning the cup this year you know that was they were they were you know preseason a lot of people had them as favorites yeah i'm glad i didn't place a wager on that um but yeah, there's making the playoffs and being a favorite. But the way the East is right now, it's it's really not like look, the Caps are giving Florida a series, and that's the one eight. I mean, even though it's really not one, well, technically that is the one eight. Um, you know, like and when the Islanders barely made it in the first year that they went to the conference finals, they you know they were one of the lowest seeds in there. So. You know, you could still sneak in and yeah. go on a run, especially a team like this, because I think they do know how to play in the playoffs. If you know, I don't know if they can adjust to these new, like the way they're calling penalties now. But that's a different story, I guess. They just need that new voice, apparently. Um, new voice. 
So when we, when we were, you know, kicking around all, I was, you know, digesting all this news and you know, we've been texting about getting on, on a free Oakley to, to kind of hash this out a bit. I just immediately thought of Coghlan's law, cinematic masterpiece cocktail. Everything ends badly. Otherwise it wouldn't end. That was from young Brian Flanagan. And to me, I've seen this story before my friends. I am a seller of the aisles. This window is officially closed. You had, no. you had this season, the step back. You had, you had two, two seasons of conference championships. Couldn't get over the hump next season, missed the playoffs altogether. That's a red flag. And now you had our 80 year old GM just fire the third winningest coach of all time who restored this franchise to, to relevancy. And along the way, Clark Gillies died. Mike Bossy died. It was, it was truly just a, a brutal, brutal year for the New York Islanders. And I do not feel good about it. My friend, everything in like Coglin said, Brian Flanagan said, everything ends badly. Otherwise it wouldn't end. Well, it can end badly, but not yet. I, I still do. I do. I, I have to believe because they do. If you look at it, they have, like an older core, but they have the younger guys that they're signing. Their top pair on the defense. Barzell is still young. If you keep AB, he's, he's a decent player. Um, you could start filling those holes if you start slowly peeling off some of the older guys badly um, to start. Um, I don't know. I have to. I gotta stay positive. I can't. I can't go back into the, you know, like. The days of getting excited for Mike Comrie and uh, Kuhlman and guys like that. Um, at least they can get players now. They can get free agents. Um, yeah. I, I got to tell you, another another way this, this affects me um, personally is John Gruden, one of their assistants. He mm-hmm. goes to my local, my local establishment. Bungalow. You're aware. Bungalow, Yes. Oh, shout quick, out to Nick. Shout out to Nick. Plug. Yeah, shout out to Nick. And yeah, well, Nick, Nick has a standing order to text me when Gruden comes in. <laughs> he he lives in Point Lookout. Um, I probably shouldn't be giving that up to your audience, but uh, I don't <laughs> all, know his address. So. All twenty, all twenty five listeners of Free Oakley. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so I got to tell Nick I'm doubling down on that. If he really go, if he goes in there one night, you know, in despair that he doesn't know where he's going to be living next year. I want the call. I want to go belly up next to him and talk about it. Yeah. Figure out what's going on. Maybe, maybe bring your resume, drop it off the, at, at Belmont. He get you in there and as an advisor or an associate. Maybe I'll get him on the next episode. John Gruden standing invite here. We could do it live from, <laughs> we could do it live from bungalow. The good people at bungalow. Second in in the same conversation as Best Bar in Nassau County with Repeal in Garden City. <laughs> but dude, I, I've seen this story before, and, and uh, there's talent there, no doubt about it. The new building, the fan base is 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 live. It's energized. There, we've seen, you know, we, we've experienced we've experienced winning recently, but the writing is on the wall. Feels like the wheels are in motion. This is the first. First, first domino to fall, man. Not missing the playoffs. Barry inexplicably getting canned. 
and now Lou's got to pull something and pull something out to to keep it moving. You know, another point they were really pushing to get uh, people to renew for uh, season tickets. Um, maybe they they knew and they were trying to really push it through. Um, on the other hand, maybe once I didn't renew, they decided to let Barry go. Look at this. They're losing season ticket holders. You didn't renew, huh? Nah. Did they offer Just you a, a deal? I can't. No, they raised the price. Oh, come on. And they, they, uh, it's funny. They, they were throwing all kinds of things at us. Like you'd get, it's a 50 year anniversary. So you get a members only jacket. You could have a brick engraved. And I was going to, I told, uh, Ryan Carr, I told him I was going to get our brick engraved to say, why is beer $16? <laughs> Great sign. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're going to go game by game next year. Yeah. Uh, man. Well, I am, I don't feel good about this. Uh, the Isles you never were... feel good about anything in sports. I don't, I don't, I don't. I feel, I feel okay about the Mets right now. They're fun. And the Jets draft. Jets draft was dynamite. They like, this is the, the revolving, you know, just when the, just when the Knicks and Isles were, were, were scorching hot, they completely <laughs> fall apart. And as the, as the Mets and Jets show a bit of a pulse or at least a bit of a turnaround. So the forever seesaw of uh, the roller coaster ride. That is the Mets, Jets, Isles, and Knicks. They got to keep you balanced, you know? All right. So what, what do you think? What, any, any other thoughts here before uh, before we call it? Just hoping for the best. I mean, I hope they land a decent coach, and I hope his new voice is heard, and uh, it works. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Like, you know? We we shall see, as they say. Yeah, I know. I mean, we we came out of this podcast with more more questions and answers. Um, so goes it as a life of an Isles fan, and um, with Lou Lamorello as your GM. So, well, Murph, we will uh, we'll hop back on when Isles fire. You know, figure out a coach. We hire a coach. We you know we get a little bit of a. We'll do a little hot stove maybe this. Uh, Get Gruden on the show. Get Gruden on, Nick. Family, shout out to family dinner. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, uh, yeah, man. And thanks everyone for listening to Free Oakley. Daniela, you said all those things I wouldn't have dared. As I hold on every word, I swear I could have been easier on. Just thinking about Late one night on the cave